To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no f-ing clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the f*** is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Spare Parts Studio, like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Go ahead and check out the affiliate link in the description down below for the Weeble app. Sign up and you'll get free stocks. I'll get free stocks, of course, for you signing up. And that is one way of supporting this podcast. PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated as the old tried and true method of supporting this platform and anything else PS related. Uh, also have merch available at my new at my website. Go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the merch where if you're looking for some flip-flops, it is officially springtime, time to air out the toesies, get yourself maybe a mug or something like that. That is also now available. That's another way of supporting this podcast, getting yourself some cool gear that I designed myself. Positivesarcasm.com slash merch where. Go ahead and check that out. Let's dive into one topic per se and one topic only. I'm going to talk to you about VPNs really quick. So... A VPN is a virtual private network which allows you to essentially log in from anywhere um, essentially in the world so that you can access uh, data in a private based network. For example, if you were working from home and you needed to access work-related databases that have people's names, information, social securities, vital statistics, um, but you're at home, you can, however, without getting uh, exposed on the internet while you, you don't want a, a data breach. Data breaches, especially in healthcare, are extremely expensive. It's like $10,000 per HIPAA violation. So in order to combat things like that, virtual private networks are a way to help alleviate some of that and allows people to work from farther distances. Um, now, here's a question for you. How many people use VPNs? Right now, um, 142 million Americans right now use VPNs. So in 2020, when COVID hit, the entire healthcare industry, essentially, all administrators, all phone jockeys, all supervisors who weren't needed in the actual health setting that worked in the administrative offices, the call centers, things like that, they all went home. Every single one of them. And a lot of them still work from home. Um, so every single one of those employees that was was taking up commercial space, they all went home. And they all got virtual private network key logins with authenticators and they started using internet bandwidth and that was it. That's where they reside till this day. And of course, if you are on a business venture and you need to log in from, you just landed in Albuquerque, but your database is, uh, your office is in Albany, New York, you want to access those files, you use a virtual private network. So there's a lot of value to them. Also, it is, like I said, 
privacy-wise, it is a great way to uh, bestow confidence upon your, your employees and, and upon your clients that you are taking every precaution necessary to make sure that their data remains secure. Especially nowadays with a lot with tons of data breaches all over. You can go to topclassactionlawsuits.com and you can see all the lawsuits for data breaches. So continuing on with what VPNs. If you spend any amount of time on the internet, you've hopefully caught on to the fact that you need to use a VPN on when on most websites. And we'll start with what a VPN is, just in case you don't know. Okay, just in case you're an oldie but a goodie and you're not really sure what a VPN is and how many people use it, let me reiterate. 142 just in America 142 million people use it VPNs can be pretty specific to usage and fearing that you should need a VPN for LinkedIn or Safari specific ones that can be found for that further VPNs are specific to geographical areas such as China Thailand etc these days there are so many issues around security when it comes to the internet that you need to make the most of VPN this ensures that you can not only hide your IP address, but you can keep your personal information safe. Not just your personal information, but the client's personal information or the company's personal information safe or the government's personal information safe when you are sharing it with a web server. One of the most challenging things about finding a VPN is knowing which ones are safe and which ones want to take advantage of you. But it's also worth knowing as much about the VPN industry as a whole as well. That way you can enter it without feeling, by the way, I am reading this from earthweb.com. That way you can enter it without feeling like you're completely brand new and out of your league. So let's take a look at VPN statistics for 2023. Uh, key VPN statistics, like I said, 142 million Americans right now use a VPN, virtual private network. Its usage increased 27% in 2020. So the VP, so... If there were 100 million, 90 million people using it in 2019, another 27% on top of that. And it is increasing. The VPN industry is worth to be projected around $100 billion in 2027. 88% of companies asked employees to work at home in 2020. 88% of companies asked employees to work from home in 2020, increasing demand for VPNs. 25% of internet users made the most of VPN in 2018. The top country for VPN usage in 2021, Indonesia, 44%. How many people use VPNs and VPN statistics? 68% of American adults use a VPN for personal or work use. This, of course, is an interesting statistic, and it shows how prevalent VPNs are. Regarding statistics, it shows that 60% of the American internet user is either, uh, uses a, either a free or paid VPN service. They are either doing it for business or personal use. That means that roughly 142 million Americans use this VPN. 96% of these VPN users said that their service was somewhat or highly effective. Uh, most VPN users are male. Static statistic might surprise you, or it might not. Either way, the majority of the VPNs are males. 60% of the VPN users were 2018 were. So 60% of VPN users were male. 38% were female, even though I was in a workplace where pretty much 95% of the people who were using the VPNs were female, because that's pretty much all they, they hired. Uh, VPNs during COVID, precursor to a lot of people using, a lot more people using VPNs because they were all shipped home immediately. More and more businesses encourage their employees to work remotely from home. The no, this notably created increased demand, influenced the number of VPN users. As a result, VPN network users around the globe increased by 27%. It is predicted 
that this will slightly fall in the future, meaning that the yearly growth of VPNs will average 17.2%. Okay, so maybe I was a little bit wrong. But we'll get to that why. It was determined by statistics that 88% of IT businesses around the world said that they moved their employees to a work-from-home environment in 2020. People's interest in VPNs is increasing. More and more people are becoming interested in the idea of a VPN in general. People searching the term VPN through Google increased dramatically through 2000, during 2020. And they're ever more so talk, uh, looking it up right now, considering what's going on. It's considered one of the highest among people in America and people in China where I believe in China, it's actually banned. More than 39% of people that use a VPN are between the ages of 16 and 22. These statistics point to the fact that majority of the people that use VPNs these days being on the internet, part of the Gen Z group. According to statistics, 75% of VPN users are under the age of 37, which indicates many older internet users aren't that familiar with the idea of using a VPN for online activity. 36% of American customers use a VPN compared to a point and a half 10 years ago. You can see that a VPN usage has increased exponentially over the last decade, with 36% of American customers now using a VPN compared to just uh, 1.5 10 years ago. Research suggests that out of the percentage of people who don't use a VPN, 58% know what one is. Italy's VPN usage increased 175% in March of 2020. It is evident that the statistics from the pandemic was a turning point when it came to the VPN usage for pe many people many people worldwide, especially in Italy where people supposedly would hit the hardest. At the height of COVID, many people, many countries, turned to more VPN technology, but some more than others. For example, Italy had 175 increased VPN usage, followed by countries like America, 132%, Spain, 62%, and Germany at 48.4%. Slovakia has the quickest growing VPN market. It seems as far as countries fastest growing markets go, Slovakia is at the top of the list. Their interest in VPNs increased by 300% on, on year, followed by Spain, Iceland, South Africa, and Japan near the top of the list. 62% of people use a VPN on their mobile. Statistics demonstrated that 62% of individuals use a daily VPN, VPN daily, use it on their phones. That potentially means that interest in mobile versions of popular VPN services is increasing, especially over the last year. Of course, while people are still using VPNs on their desktops, VPNs for smartphones are becoming more and more prevalent as people take their smartphones with them everywhere and even work on them. The Asia Pacific region has the most VPN users. When looking at regions around the world where there's a high level of VPN use, the Asia Pacific region is the p region that has the most. When considering VPN over demogra user demographics, it is important to consider area-specific use it intersects with overall use. 30% of Asia-Pacific customers have v are VPN users, compared to 17% in U Europe. 11. VPN use in is illegal in some countries. It would appear that pe most people around the world seem to, enjoy, seem to be enjoying the added security that VPNs offer when online. But not all countries let their citizens make the most of this. Some countries worldwide where VPN usage where VPN is illegal. Iraq, North Korea, and Belarus. North Korea doesn't even have the fucking internet. And I'm pretty sure Iraq doesn't either. What's fascinating is that there are countries where VPN is use is highly restricted, including Iran, Turkey, and the United Emirates. Even China doesn't even like the idea of its citizens using VPNs. Okay, so maybe it's not illegal there, but it's highly discouraged. 12. 47% of VPN users users 
technology when traveling overseas. Technology can be helpful and practical when you're traveling. It can help you stay connected to people back at home. And it can help you travel more accessible. Can help you travel more accessible, particularly in countries where you don't speak the native language, where travel, whether traveling for personal reasons or business, people traveling overseas are more, more likely to use VPN. So how many people use VPNs when traveling? Statistics show that a surprising 47% of people say they use a VPN when they travel overseas, and statistics relate to personal use. A lot of the time, this is access to otherwise local TV channels, while 36% of people say they use a VPN when traveling overseas for business. They use a VPN for getting better entertainment because apparently there's blocks on those types of things. We, um, most people use VPNs to help unlock services for better entertainment. This is 57% of people on mobile, 54% on the computer. Other reasons have been given for VPN, uh, including access to social networks that otherwise have been restricted or staying anonymous when browsing online. Some people have admitted they have used a VPN to access a particular site when they were at work. In North America, maintaining privacy is important. If you're based in North America, you're likely to use a VPN for privacy reasons. Interestingly, while the world wants to use a VPN to access better entertainment, most individuals in North America want to use a VPN to stay anonymous when they are browsing online. 15.33% of people use a VPN for music downloads. VPN service and pay for it, 33% of them make most VPNs for music downloads, while 27% of them for music services. Unsurprisingly, 27% 27% say that they use a VPN for streaming uh, entertainment on TV. 29% of VPN users say they access Netflix, Netflix frequently on one. 12% of internet users say they use a VPN to be in the dark web. Data recorded that only 12% of people use a VPN to access the dark web. Just 12%. That, well, that they tell you. This is just a percentage of people that admitted to it. So there could be more. Out of the 12% of people who admitted to access dark work, 39% say said they did so to stay anonymous, while 26% said they used it to bypass restrictions on specific specific content in their location. So, other th- key things of note. VPN usage has increased markedly since COVID. 27% 20% of users use a VPN to hide their online activity hide their online activity from the government. Considering we live in the age of technology, there's a big awareness on Big Brother among most internet users, which is why it's understandable that 20% of users that access a VPN do so to hide what they're doing online from the government. Yes, most people use a VPN to access entertainment sites that they otherwise would be able to access. Some people still use a VPN to stay anonymous online and feel confident that the government isn't watching their every single move. 19% 19% of Americans say that they have limited internet usage as a result of privacy concerns. Has absolutely nothing to do. There's no doubt that Americans worry about the security of their personal information when they are on the internet. Um, 20. Uh, see, there's so many things about VPNs. They believe that identity theft. Americans believe that identity theft is the biggest cybersecurity issue. 92% of Americans think that online privacy is important. 60% of Americans believe they can't go through life without their data being collected but believe they should go through life with it. Six out of every 10 Americans believe they can't go through life without their personal information being collected for one reason or another. Many of them believe that the government is collecting this information and 81% of Americans say that they have no control over the data collected about them by companies. And 84% feel are similar about the government collecting information about them. 62% are worried about uh, are worried about the internet compri- uh, compromising their personal privacy. 
Americans believe they can't control their who uh, who assesses their accesses their personal information. Why people aren't using VPNs? How many people do use VPNs? Who pays for VPNs? Some companies still don't want to use VPNs. How much is VPN market worth? 90% of VPNs are offered by companies developed after 2005. Over half of VPN users get the fuck out of here. Uh, use a VPN to protect their privacy on public networks. There's so much stuff about VPNs here and how they are vital to personal privacy, uh, personal enjoyment, workplace environments when not in the office, traveling overseas, whether for work or personal things. A VPN is vital to the infrastructure of keeping information safe for companies, personal use, professional use, whatever. However, there is something that threatens that. There is something that just came uh, that is just proposed that has a lot of criticism right now that should have never come up to begin with. It's called the Restrict Act. The Restrict Act is the proposed legislation that was first introduced in March of 2023. Introduced by Senator Mark Warner, the act proposes that the Secretary of Commerce be given the power to review business transactions involving certain information and communication technologies, products or services when they are connected to a foreign adversary uh, of the United States and pose an undue and unacceptable risk due to national security of the United States or its citizens. So a foreign adversary, you know who could be considered a foreign adversary or is considered a foreign adversary? Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden is the the former uh, analyst, federal analyst, government analyst who identified and released documentation that the government was essentially collecting all of your metadata through your phone records and text messages and emails and then dumped all that information on the American public. And instead of giving him, uh, treating him with the Whistleblower Act, we chased him out of the country. Well, he was already out of the country, but we essentially tried to track him down and bring him to basically you know, suicide him like we do with everybody else. The man lives in Russia, of all places, because they don't have an extradition clause. He's considered a foreign adversary. Now, the overview. It's, a, it's described as a systematic framework for addressing technology-based threats to the security and safety of Americans. It grants the Secretary of Commerce the authority to review transactions by certain foreign entities who offer information and communication technologies, products, or services. In order to identify, investigate, and mitigate undue and unacceptable risks to the national security of the United States or its citizens. This includes, but is not limited to, impact by company, countries' critical infrastructure and digital economy, sabotage or subversion of the ICTS, Information and Communication Technologies of the United States, interference and manipulation of federal elections, undermining the democratic process to steer policy, steer policy and regulatory decisions in favor of the strategic objectives of a foreign adversary to the detriment of the national security of the United States. That is some fancy fucking words. It essentially gives the power of the internet to the Secretary of Commerce. And these, I have pictures of these fucking assholes who thought it was a good idea. Look at these assholes. I mean, let me see. I got pictures of these fucktards. Look at this fucking alleged baby raper over here. Look at this dude's fucking teeth. I'm going to zoom in on this shit. See this dude? This dude 
absolute look at those fucking chicklets on his face this dude proposed this goddamn thing he wants to essentially take all of your shit away from you if essentially what he's doing is he's giving the secretary of commerce the power to restrict anything they deem as a security threat to the united states anything any information they deem is subversive and now he's not the only one who came up with this pile of shit this guy right here so this is mark warner and this is thune so he's a republican this guy's a democrat so once again it just goes to show you neither are working for you now these guys don't understand that they're the federal government is full of virtual private networks the original internet was a private network these guys don't understand what they're or maybe they do regardless of whether they do or don't understand the legislation the legislation that's being put forth they essentially would be they would give the secretary of commerce the power to shut down everything everything and anything so I mean, can, all they have to do, all they have to do is consider something to be a for, a, a digit piece of technology to be considered a foreign adversary, and then they can block it. Now I understand this was a, introduced originally as quote the TikTok bill. This is not this feels like it has nothing to do with the TikTok bill. This feels a lot like the Patriot Act, where it was all about the safety and security of the people of the United States, but it's gone way beyond that. Because it feels like something's going to be abused. Let's continue on with talking about it. So the ACT applies to the 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 Act applies to the ICTS, the Information and Communications Technology entities that are held in a whole or in part by otherwise fall under the jurisdiction of the country or government that is designated under the Act as a foreign adversary of the United States and has more than one million active users or units sold in the United States. The initial text. Of the act classifies china hong kong macau cuba iran russia and nicolas maduro regime of venezuela as foreign adversaries it would be unlawful for any person to violate or mitigation measure issued under the restrict act civil penalties would be 200 so it would be unlawful for any person to violate the measure any measure under the restrict act so if you violate any of this, if you're considered subversive, you're using subversive technology, you're facing $250,000, uh, which is or whichever is greater, or criminal penalties up to civil penalties, 250 grand, criminal penalties up to 1 million and up to 20 years in prison. Reception. It was not mentioned by name or its sponsors. The Restrict Act has been characterized as a means to potentially restrict or prohibit the Chinese-owned video sharing service, TikTok, from conducting business in the United States. The bill is banned as faced bipartisan criticism for having a lack of judicial oversight and transparency in its en enforcement mechanisms and for containing wording broad and vague enough to potentially cover end users such for example potentially criminalizing the use of a vpn service or sideloading access services blocked from doing business in the united states under the act due to text stating that no person may cause or aid abet counsel command induce procure permit 
or approve of the doing of any act that violates orders issued under the act. Many individuals have negatively compared the bill to the Patriot Act. So if you are using a VPN and a VPN is specifically listed in this thing, that means that over 140 million Americans and those who work in the healthcare agencies or are traveling abroad or basically doing business at home are indeed in violation of this act and would be enti- and would basically be susceptible to criminal and civil penalties by the federal government. This wouldn't be a local violation. This wouldn't be a state crime. This would be a federal crime. A federal fucking crime for using a VPN or doing anything that's considered subversive by the Secretary of Commerce. The American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, expressed their opposition, arguing that the blocking of entire services violates the First Amendment rights of citizens. Uh, Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman and Electronic Frontier Foundation believed in regards to the bill's implied target that the federal government should instead prioritize internet privacy legislation that also impacts U.S.-based companies. Uh, Republican Senator J.D. Vance, Josh Hawley, Rand Paul have all expressed their opposition with Paul considering it's a contradictory Republicans to advocate censoring social media apps that they worry are influenced by the Chinese while at the same time being opposed to the censorship. Vance and Holly both noted that while they support a ban on TikTok, they felt the Restrict Act possessed too many negative implications. Several Democratic office holders, including Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also criticized legislation, with Cortez believing that it was being rushed and saying that Congress had never received any classic classified national security briefings related to TikTok. Libertarian groups, including the Mice Caucus and the Reason Foundation, condemned the bill, with the former arguing that it would give the government authority over all forms of communication, domestic or abroad. Do you understand that the reason we underst- we know everything we know today about COVID? It's not because the government told us about it. It's not because your local health authorities told you about it. It's because actual scientists and actual journalists did the work and found out the information that was impossible to get informed on, brought it to the United States using subversive platforms like ten, like fucking Twitter and Substack and Spotify in order to get that information out there. It is because of these people and these platforms and these apps that we now know the truth or more of the truth than we ever did in the last three years. Warner's office stated that the bill was intended to target corporate entities engaged, quote, engaged in sabotage or subversion of communications technology in the US, such as causing harm to critical infrastructure or tampering with federal elections and not target end users necessarily, despite such wording not having been used the bill itself and not and has not commented or complaints about possible uses uh, beyond this the bill's stated intent let's look at this last part here um tampering with federal elections okay so federal elections there was a o'keefe media group recent expose about misappropriation of voter donations and a misuse of voter donation information through using people's names so essentially donations were made to certain part to a certain party in the Washington area, the Washington, Virginia area, using names of people who never actually donated this money. So let's say $20,000 was donated to this certain person, to this certain elected official. But the $20,000, it says, comes from Betsy Sue. 
Well, it turns out that when interviewed, they interviewed Betsy Sue on our front door. Betsy Sue, Sue was like, I never fucking did that. I never had that kind of money. And then they would be like, really? So you never donated $20,000 to this person? Never. I donated like $100. And then they would go like to the next person on the list and be like, did you donate this money? They'd be like, no, I never donated money. Well, do, we don- do you donate to this party? Yes, I do. How much money do you have? Honey, how much money do we actually donate to this party? Uh, this, that, and the other thing. Not even fucking close. So when it comes to tampering with federal elections, we do a perfectly good job of doing that in this country alone. Now, if you're going to ask me, do you think the uh, federal ele- the last election was rigged to the point where I'm not going to go there? I don't fucking know. I don't have enough information. We've been... But there's no doubt in my mind that we absolutely... This is not... We don't have tamper-free elections. We just don't. So, uh, the Restrict Act establishes a risk-based process tailored to the rapidly changing technology and threat environment by directing the Department of Commerce, one person at the Department of Commerce, the director, to identify and mitigate foreign threats to information and communication technology products and services. This measured risk, this measured risk-based approach. So risk. Why is everything about risk? Risk and public safety. Nothing, nothing has to do with the freedoms here. It's all about risk and national security and safety. It's like the public nas- national security. Nothing. Nothing didn't. Nothing is ever mentioned about the safety of the individual, or the freedom of the individual. It's all about national security. In the name of national security, you knew like the, in the name of national security, the federal government basically has since the last two uh, sub, uh, several amendments or the last few acts, like the Patriot Act, you have all these freedoms, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Thirteenth Amendment. A federal employee says under the guise of national security, they go they they fucking go right through all those amendments. They go right through them. They don't give a shit. I mean, Matt Taibbi just a few weeks ago was testifying uh, in front of the committee there. And an IRS agent shows up at his fucking door. And I know very well these motherfuckers are getting guns now. The restricting of the emergence of security threats that Risk Information and Communication Technologies Restrict Act would require the Secretary of Commerce to establish procedures to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, and prohibit mitigate transactions involving information and communication technology products in which any foreign adversary has any interest and poses undue or unacceptable risk to national security. So you're going to put one person in charge of all of this shit. Is it going to be... Is it going to be that guy that got busted a fucking a couple months ago for stealing people's baggage at the airport and dressing up like a woman? Is it going to be that person? Because I would love for that person to be in charge of my communications on the interwebs. I'm totally trusting that person. You're going to put the power of the you're going to put basically the power of the internet in the hands of one fucking person. Are you out of your mind? Prioritize evaluation of ICT products using critical infrastructure integral to telecommunication products with, or pertaining to a range of defined, emerging, foundational, and disruptive technologies with serious national security implications. National security. There it is again. 
big words, ensure comprehensive actions to address the risk of untrusted foreign ICT by requiring the secretary to take up consideration of concerning activity identified by the USG and entities. Educate the public and business uh, community about the threat of requiring the Secretary of Commerce to coordinate with the Director of National Intelligence to provide declassified information about how transactions denied or otherwise mitigated posed or undue to acceptable risk. You realize they would have control over the information that would be coming to you. I have a fucking article right here from River Cities. It's official right now. The masks never worked. They don't work. They never worked. It took three years. First, we didn't need them, and then we did need them, and then they were required. Do you realize that hospitals all over the state of New Hampshire right now are dropping their mask policies? Well, why would they do that? Because they don't fucking work. I realized once that study came out that they, those things actually did not work, I watched the fucking I, – I called and I asked. I called a few hospitals, and I go, what is your PPE policy right now? And they said, quite frankly, they said optional. No longer required. So masks and respirators don't work. We have the information, and it's clear as day. The studies were done. The fucking surgical masks don't work. The N95 respirator masks, literally a little to no difference, okay, against a fucking man-made virus. And we have the science to back it up. We have actual science, actual data, studies after years and dealing with this shit and getting fucking yelled at to put our masks on by all kinds of other retards. We now know that this shit doesn't work, but the only reason we know that this stuff doesn't work is because the information came from outside sources and outside studies. This shit could have been considered a subversive threat by the Secretary of Commerce, and this information would have been blocked. We would have never been able to know about um, the lab leak in Wuhan. Joe Rogan would be considered a subversive threat just from the people he's had on his epi- on his podcast, because he's had Edward Snowden on, because he's had Dr. Robert Malone on his platform, because he's had Russell Brand on his platform, they can be considered subversive threats. Therefore, they can go after Spotify and essentially say, hey, Spotify, tell your boy to shut the fuck up or we're just going to flat block him because he's on the internet and the Secretary of Commerce would have the ability to do so. They would consider him a subversive threat. And if you tried to use a VPN to gain access to a Spotify platform to download Rogan's content or anybody else's content for that matter, you would now be in major violation of the Restrict Act and you could be facing up to 20 years in prison. This is the truth of what was legislated by these two fuckheads. Now, I'm clearly cons- I'm I'm convinced that these idiots this, this freaking chiclet tooth motherfucker right here had no clue what he was talking about, but the implications of what they are proposing would essentially take the take the constitution take the bill of rights and set it on fire we cannot allow this shit to happen the judicial department they basically the uh, supreme court has to basically come out right now and be like listen the moment this gets in office we are ready to discuss this immediately and find this shit unconstitutional thank god for the fucking supreme court right now because a lot of people we're going to lose their jobs because of a mandate for a sh- for a fucking jab that was experimental, didn't actually work, caused more variants, and is now responsible for a lot of rare but serious side effects. 
and basically gave the pharmaceutical companies free reign to make billions of dollars with zero liability. And it's because of people like this guy. Because we have yet to be able to take the money out of politics. But this fucking idiot doesn't understand that everything about his life requires some sort of VPN or a privacy network. So where does this lead to? What happens if this thing actually gets – I don't th- – it shouldn't. Every fiber of our being, this thing should not be allowed to go through. First of all, we have ways to go back. We got to go back a ways here. We got to – first of all, not only do we have to squash this thing where it sits, we also have to get rid of the Patriot Act and several other acts that came through because a lot of them are in itself subversive to the freedoms of the American people and the others that we support. Like, like for example, I'll talk – let me go – let me just read this thing about masks. Masks and respirators. There's been extensive randomized controlled trials and studies and meta-analysis reviews of RCT studies, which show that masks and respirators do not work to prevent respiratory, influenza-like illnesses, or respiratory illnesses believed to have trans- been transmitted by droplets and aerosol particles. Furthermore, the relevant known phys- physics and biology for which I review are such that masks and respirators should not work. It would be a paradox, paradox if masks and respirators worked, given what we know about the viral respiratory diseases. The main transmission path is long residence time aerosol particles, which are too fine to be blocked, and the minimum effective dose is smaller than one aerosol particle. The present paper about masks illustrates the degree to which governments, mainstream media, institutional propagandists can decide to operate in a science vacuum or select only incomplete science that serves their interest. Such recklessness is also certainly the case which the, with the current global lockdown of over 1 billion people, an unprecedented experiment in medical political history. So this was on rcreader.com. This would be considered subversive content. Reading this under the Restrict Act could be considered, once this thing actually starts to ramp up and get full juggernaut, you would be reading subversive content. Every co- every podcast that I listen to would be considered subversive content. I would be a subversive person. I would be a, a walking red flag. You know, when I break it down, to, I'm going to break it down to you like this. I'll end on this thought here. If they say take the vaccine, if they say wear the mask, if they say you need to, uh, you know, not eat, not eat fats, a little bit of sugar is good for you, this, that, and the other thing. There's nothing wrong. It's take these drugs. If you're sad, take this medication. If you're not sleeping, take this medication. You know – I'm going to compare it to you like this. There are people that were wearing masks or still wearing masks or they got the jab or they did all these other things that their doctor told them to do. They're not any healthier. They haven't lost any weight. They're not any happier. Their lives still suck. So they did everything that the government and the local authorities told them to do or, quote, advised them to do because that's what the science said. And look at them. Now look at me, a person who followed nutritional guidelines for the last 10 years from nutritional experts, from uh, athletes, people like Rogan, people who actually invited people on who talked about and debated and discussed the actual value of a lot of these supplements, people like Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Dr. Eric Berg, 
uh, all, and a, a few uh, doc, who's the guy Dr. Andrew Huberman Brett Weinstein Heather Hying all these people that I've listened to telling me what I should be doing these are the people that okay I'm going to look into this and that okay and then all of course my posing instructors all my past nutritionists and, 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 and fitness instructors that have told me to do certain things now look at me I am capable of putting on 15 to 20 pounds in the wintertime, eating properly, and I am capable at, at, at almost the age of 40 of taking all that weight off and essentially getting a six-pack. I have done everything according to my health guidelines. Of course, according to the supplements that I take, the food that I eat, the amount of time I work out, and the things I put in my body overall. Okay. Never, I, don't, I don't go to the doctor's. I don't want people to stick needles in me. I don't tell people – I don't fucking do what people tell me to do. I listen to people that seem like they're more reasonable and they're not pressuring me to do anything. And they're not telling me to do – I mean when fucking uh, old man River who sits in the Oval Office was telling me what I had to do, I knew right away he was full of shit. And I was like, OK, I know what's good for me. I'm going to take my chances with what the knowledge that I know, the things that I understand to be true, the basic fundamentals of nutrition and wellness, health and happiness and meaning. And I'm going to go my path. And then you people can take your path with the jabs and the masks and the this and the that. And you tell me how much better off you are compared to me. I'm leaner. I'm stronger. I'm happier. I'm healthier. I'm better. I'm faster. I'm smarter. And I'm not on any medications. I take my supplements, not yours. I eat my foods, not yours. And I go by my principles and not yours. And who is better Who is better off? You tell me. I have zero health conditions because of the way I was brought up, because of the way I'm, I'm able to understand and process information and utilize it to my benefit. So you tell me who's right and who's wrong. Never had to wear a mask if I didn't have to wear one. Never had. I don't have needles stuck on my arm for any reason. Any, I don't. I just don't. Unless I decide to start taking steroids. Even then. Even that's being debated right now. About guys who need uh, TRT. Testosterone replacement therapy. They're going to have to go to their doctor once a month in order to get that shit. You're just going to drive them back underground. That stuff is actually quite... It's important for guys who have low testosterone. For guys who have low testosterone and they can't and they need that extra boost, you know, they've already they're eating properly, nutrition, supplementation, working out, but they need a little extra of TRT. They need a little extra growth. And they get it from their doctor and it makes their health so much better. And you're going to take that away from them. You're going to take this information away from them. This this clamping down has to stop. But we wouldn't get this information. I wouldn't be able to tell to tell you in this information, I wouldn't be able to have a platform if this fucking act was ever passed into law and Congress didn't oppose it and the and uh, the Supreme Court didn't oppose, uh, basically call it unconstitutional, which it is 100% unconstitutional and with every fucking, every piece of it. And you realize that 140 million Americans use a VPN. You're essentially stopping all that. You're stopping all international commerce. You're stopping all uh, personal privacy. You're stopping 
anybody who's continuing to work at home, which has got to be between 90 and 100 million people, or people who are just not, who are flat out not working in the office and have access to sensitive information, client information, patient information, customer information, social securities, phone numbers, addresses. Okay. That's all private. You need a pri- you need a VPN in order to access that. Gone. It would be a federal crime if deemed so by the easily corruptible Secretary of Commerce. This the, the line has was drawn way before this dropped. And the fact that these guys, Thune and Warner, thought this was a good idea. Which, I mean, Jesus Christ, those teeth were not a good idea. Look at those things. Not a good idea. And you, I mean, your teeth are fine, but believe me, your decision making, awful. With every fiber of your being, you have to oppose this. These guys, I gotta, uh, I gotta delete this guy. I gotta get him off my internet. It's a fucking psycho. Don't trust them. They just hired 87,000 new IRS agents. They're they're essentially coming for your information. They're coming for your freedom. And it's all under the guise of national security. It's the acceptable risk. It's the risks from out there. The risks aren't just out there. The risks are in here. The risks are right over there on Capitol Hill. I hope to hell this doesn't pass. I hope to hell this falls apart. I hope to hell there are major changes coming forth. <sighs> I hope to hell I live through it. In the meantime, uh, if you have questions, concerns, comments, you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram at positivesarcasm, uh, facebook.com slash sarcasm. You can go to my website, check out my merch, support the podcast any way, shape, or form. If you're p- looking for posing music, uh, fitness season's ramping up very, very quickly. So if you have questions about posing music, you're in search for some, email me directly, ask for some. Uh, my rates are more than fair. Matter of fact, they're some of the best out there. Uh, and in the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. Believe me, if you you need to read about this Restrict Act. This shit is it, – it just gets dystopian. The more you get – the better – the more you understand it. They're coming to take shit away from you. And not just some shit. All shit. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.